Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. First half goes from chapter number six through chapter number 11. And you remember we had there the um, opening of the seals. And I think we can get this on. I kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Let me just mention this. Uh, we, there's some time and day and month and year factors that are involved in the uh, book of Revelation. Uh, typically, people look at it as a seven-year period uh, and um, divided in half two, three-and-a-half-year periods, uh, the first part and then the second part. And, uh, and it's likened to in the Scripture. In the book of Daniel, it's Daniel's 70 weeks of prophecy. And there's your seven again. And uh, sometimes it's mentioned like seven days. It's the day of the Lord and so on and so forth. Sometimes it's likened unto seven weeks. And then other times it's likened unto seven years. So there's significance to that number and we'll look at another number tonight uh, here in just a little bit but uh, God has all of these things meticulously uh, divided up and everything is right on God's schedule right on his uh, prophetic time uh, calendar and it's going to happen according to that now let me let me give a little bit of a, a disclaimer if I could I'm not sure that I'm right about all that we're talking about tonight I'm not sure that I'm right about all that we talked about over the last, through the course of the summer. And I want to learn, I, I wanna know. And, um, and so if you have better insight in a, in a particular situation, please help me, I don't mind. You won't, you won't offend me at that. Because there are so many interpretations and of what's going on in the book of Revelation. Uh, anybody could miss it. It would be one of those things that you would, uh, I, I don't think that it would be a, a shame if we, if we missed some of these things and got them. Because for you, those of you that are saved, it's not going to make a big difference anyway. <laughs> You're going to be in heaven when all this is going on. And, uh, and that's the good news. The first half of the week takes up, uh, first half of the tribulation, I should say, or the week, uh, is 6 through 11. Uh, we see the opening of the seals, the sounding of the trumpets, and the warning of the three woes. That's kind of a fast forward. That's a lot of things that's going on in three and a half years. Uh, but that pretty well defines the, um, that part of the book of Revelation. And then when you come to chapter number 12, it's, it's the middle of the tribulation period. There'll be three and a half years following, but the chapter number 12 is a little different in, uh, in that it doesn't really deal with uh, tribulation earth situations for the most part. We saw that a week ago or two weeks ago, I guess it could have been. We saw this uh, sun-clothed woman. We saw the great red, red dragon. And we saw a place of refuge prepared for her by God. And we talked about how that, that could be the nation of Israel. And how that God had, in the Old Testament, he called them out and called them aside and in the tribulation period, and we've got to be mindful of this, that part of the tribulation period is God trying again for the final time to draw his people unto himself. 
because they, by nature, don't want to turn to him. And uh, they don't want to believe that Jesus Christ, his son, has come and died for the sins of the world. And so uh, during this tribulation period, he's still trying to woo his own people unto himself. And so we have a lot of, of uh, uh, things having to do with and involving the nation of Israel. And uh, I think some of those things are pretty well uh, defined in chapter number 12. And then the last half of the tribulation is given from verses, uh, chapters 13 through chapter 18. And that's where we'll start tonight. We're looking at the latter half of the tribulation period. This is a, this, this is a point that needs to be um, understood. That uh, I know that we're, and, and tonight we're going to look at the unveiling of the Antichrist. The unveiling of the Antichrist. We see him come forward here uh, in this chapter. And there's more than one hint toward it being the Antichrist. The unveiling of the Antichrist. It means arrival or counterfeit. And uh, that's what the Antichrist means. Now, uh, there's been, uh, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. I, I want to get to this a little further uh, in the scripture. Let's go ahead and look at some scriptures having to do and they're in the, uh, in the uh, uh, book of 1st and 2nd John. If you turn there with us, in 1st John, and uh, we see the first one. We see these, uh, he's mentioned five times in the scripture. Five times in the scripture. In 1st John chapter 2 and verse number 18, I believe it is. Uh, the Bible said these words, little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. But look at this. Even now are there many antichrists, plural, whereby we know that it is the last time. He's mentioned twice in this, in this single verse uh, is the antichrist made mention of. And we learn a little bit about him, and we learn a little bit about his system. And we need to understand that the antichrist, and you'll see it in just a little bit when we look in 2 Thessalonians you'll see that he's not going to be unveiled in this season of time. You're not going to know him, and uh, you're not going to see him, and uh, he is not present in the church period. Amen. And so all the rumors that you hear, and here I go getting ahead of myself again, in the 20th century, they started, well, throughout the course of time, uh, Nero, and, uh, Napoleon, Hitler, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, Henry Kissinger in the uh, back in the 60s and 70s, and um, and and they and people go to great trouble trying to identify who the Antichrist is. But the reality of it is, he's not going to be identified in your lifetime and in my lifetime unless Christ comes again. And so, you don't. And, and they take all of these signs and symbols and numbers, and I just deflated some of your um, some of. Some of you's uh, a thought a pattern on that, and let all the air out of it. But the, but uh, and, and they'll take all of these, and they'll take like the third number of the first name, and the third, the sixth number of the second name, and letter and all, and they'll do all of this calculation and everything, and come up with someone being the Antichrist. Let me tell you this: He's not here. He's not here. He will be unveiled after the church is gone. So you don't have to worry about him being around. Now here's, but here's the thing. 
I think more importantly than that, or more dangerously than that, is his systems are being put in place. The systems that he will use during the tribulation period are falling in place even as we speak tonight. The one world church, the one world government, one world currency, a one world religion, all those things are, are making their way to the forefront. And, uh, and, the, and you see that developing. But the man of sin will not be revealed just yet. And so we have the Antichrist there. And uh, then we have some other verses. Uh, look with me in uh, John chapter 1 and um, in verse number 22. He mentions it again. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is an Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And so we see a couple of things about him. Look with me in 1 John and in chapter number 4 and uh, verse number 3. In verse number 3. In verse number 3, uh, the Bible said, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof we have heard that it should come even now already is it in the world. See what I said, it's already here. The system's already here. There, there's, um, there's movements that, that, that are in place and that are going on uh, right here while we're breathing God's good air and uh, while we're living our daily lives. Behind the scenes, the devil is working with his, with his imps and his demons and, and they're working and they're working in and through people. And you'll see tonight in just a little bit that when the Antichrist comes, he is in a human form. He, he is brought to the attention of the people in a body, in a body. And uh, we're going to look at a couple of things about that. And then look with me in 2 John, in, uh, in uh, verse number, in 2 John, in verse number 7, for Many deceivers are entered into the world, see, who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. And so we have this, these anti-Christian systems. We have these anti-Christ anti followers. And then one day we'll have the antichrist. We'll have the antichrist. And so he's saying... That anybody that denies that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, they're part of the Antichrist. Hello? And, uh, and so we see that developing in our presence. And then in 1 John 2.18, we've already read that. It's mentioned twice there. Now, he is also known in the Scripture. And we're not going to read all these Scriptures tonight. He's known in the Scripture uh, he's identified in the Old Testament in Isaiah 14 and verse number 4. He is called the king of Babylon. The king of Babylon. In Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12, he is called Lucifer. Lucifer, one of the angels. In, um, in Daniel chapter number 8 and verse 23, and you ought to go home and read Daniel chapter number 8. It is a very interesting chapter telling us a whole lot about who the Antichrist is. He is called the king of fierce countenance. In Revelation chapter number 13, we'll see that he's called the beast. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 8, he is called the man of sin, 
the son of perdition, the wicked. Now those are a lot of identifying points as to who he might be. But let's not go there just yet. The man of sin, the son of perdition, the wicked. We have some contrasts. He is the Antichrist. And so that means that, he, um, and, uh, and so we see that he is uh, uh, the opposite of Christ. There's, there's, there's the uh, contrast between him and Christ. And we're not going to look at all these verses either. I want to get down to our text tonight. Christ ascended from above, according to John 6, 38. And well, you can get these notes if you'd like to have them. Don't worry about writing them down tonight. The Antichrist ascended from the bottomless pit. We'll see that uh, here in the book of Revelation. He came up out of the bottomless pit. Here's another contrast. Christ humbled himself, Philippians 2.8. The Antichrist exalted himself, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Christ was despised, Isaiah chapter number 53 and verse number 3. The Antichrist is worshipped in our chapter. Christ came to save, Luke chapter 9 and verse number 10 tells it came to seek and save that which was lost. The Antichrist came, it's mentioned in the New Testament and also in the Old Testament, the Antichrist came to destroy. Christ was a man of sorrows, Isaiah 53 and verse number 4. The Antichrist is a man of sin. I guess I should make all these present. Uh, Christ, in, uh, then uh, lastly, Christ is the Son of God, but the Antichrist is called the son of perdition. Uh, I, I, I just feel like we need to go back for just a moment in, a, in the book of Thessalonians. I don't think I put this in our notes. But in 2 Thessalonians, if they're not in our notes, 2 Thessalonians, we need to go there and uh, just read a few of the verses, okay? In 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 and... Um, and, and read some of these verses. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. In uh, verse number 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. Or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, yet with you, I told you these things. He goes on and he talks about this, this great mystery. And he goes uh, in, into depth about how that Satan is working in the world. Satan is working in the world. Now let me quickly get to our verses tonight. I want to... I want to just kind of throw a couple of things out there, if I could, um, about who he might be. I think there's some of the indicators that if you take time to study and look at several portions of Scripture, some in the old, some in the new, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, and so don't take this to the bank and don't tell anybody I said so, okay? But it, there's a, a great likelihood that the Antichrist could be Judas Iscariot uh, incarnate. I, I think that he could, it could very well be, and there's some reasons why. I'm just going to throw two or three of them at you. At you. 
Judas is called the son of perdition. Both the Antichrist and Judas, the only two in the scripture, are called the son of perdition. The son of perdition. The Bible also says about Judas that the devil, it said in that, that hour, the devil entered into Judas. I don't know. Here's another one. When Jesus talked about his 12 disciples, he said, I've called 12 of you and one of you is, he didn't say the devil, but he said a devil. I think that he fits the bill on a number of cases. Um, and then the Bible said about Judas at his, at his death that he went to his own place. He went to his own place. And so there's just a few identification marks. Don't take that home with you, but it is something. Maybe you know who he is, and I'm missing it altogether. I don't know. But uh, that could very well be so. Um, and then, of course, uh, he has his uh, followers. We'll see that here in just a moment. Let's go back into our text in, uh, in Revelation chapter number 13. And, and we'll read a few verses tonight if I can. If I can't, we'll call it short here in just a minute. There's three things that we find in Revelation chapter number 13. Verses 1 through 10 is his blasphemy. Verses 11 through 14 is his deception. And verses 15 through 18 are his power. And so there's three things that, that we're talking about as far as the Antichrist is concerned in this chapter. His blasphemy, his deception, and also his power. His blasphemy, his deception, and also his power. Could, could uh, Brother James, do you have your Bible right there before you? Could you read verses uh, 1 through 10 of Revelation chapter number 13? Would that be? And then I need somebody to read 11 through 14. Who wants to read 11 through 14? Brother Robson. And then somebody read 15 through 18 in a minute. Be ready. Just go ahead and find it. Read 15. 16, 17, and 18. Do we have a volunteer? All right, Brother David. And so if you three men would be ready in just a moment, and uh, we'll look at this very quickly tonight. And so, Brother James, are you ready? Thank you, sir. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth is the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, and his seat, and great authority. And I saw one of the heads, one of his heads, as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? who is able to make war with him. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemy. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds tongues and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, yeah. of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. 
He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Thank you, Brother James. Brother Robson, would you read uh, verses 12, 13, and 14 for us? David. And so this is the three things that we see as we look into the chapter. Uh, you see the word blasphemy, and it, you see it mentioned more than one time. And so as he enters into the world and he comes through these two particular beasts, we see that the Antichrist, and we have to go further into the book of Revelation to give a, a perfect identification as to this being the Antichrist, but it's very, very clear. And now he comes on the scene and uh, in the form of these beasts, and uh, as he comes on the scene, as we've already read, that was his nature, is to be blasphemous, and if that's a word, and, uh, and uh, then the second thing that we see about him is how deceptive he is, and uh, he even mentions the word deception in the text, in the text, and then at the end of the chapter, we have his power, the unveiling of the Antichrist his blasphemy, his deception, and his power. Now, his, in, in, in all of this that goes on in this chapter, it's amazing to me that twice, at least two times, that it's made mention of that the people worshipped him. The people worshipped him. And so as he, somehow or another, through his trickery and his mockery of God, through his deception, through his uh, giving uh, the beast, the Antichrist, given this inanimate uh, item, this thing, uh, this beast that comes up out of, one out of the sea and one out of the earth. And uh, they're 
made to be able to talk and what a miracle that is. And now he has this very ultra-exclusive group of people who follow him and 100% uh, teetotally, they're servants for him. And now he has this group of people that are following him and as most dictators would, uh, they, he puts out this proclamation that if, you're, if you don't follow me, uh, the only way that you can buy and sell is to have the mark of the beast in the, in the forehead or in the palm of the hand, and uh, then you'll be able to buy and sell. But his power is so strong. His power is so strong, and so they can't buy or sell. They're persecuted and put to death because they will not follow him. And this number, this uh, number of his name, the 666, it's quite an interesting, quite an interesting number. As I mentioned to you a little bit ago, uh, and uh, if you've ever studied any of the, the uh, scriptural numerics, you know all the numbers that are given to us in scripture have a value to them outside of adding and subtracting. And uh, they, they identify the Trinity, uh, number three, and uh, the earth, number four, and then uh, number seven is God, uh, the Trinity, and uh, the, uh, divin the uh, sovereignty and divinity. And uh, then when you come, number six is the number of man, the number of man. And so once again, we're, it is implied and suggested and probably factual that the Antichrist will be a man. And, you know, here, and here's the thing, we'll close. 666 and uh, some some people say that uh, it's kind of like the time and times and half time uh, some say that the time is one and um, and times is two and half times is 0.5 which gives us three and a half there we are again the 42 months that he talks about in here the three and a half weeks or the three and a half years of the seven year period all of it ties together but when it comes to him the desire of Satan, and I'll say this in closing, has always, from Isaiah chapter number 14 in the scripture, but it actually happened before the earth, heaven and earth were, were made, that he wanted to be above God. And it's interesting to me that he desires to be the number of God, but in all of his efforts and everything that he has done, and all the devil has done in the millennium of time, he still comes up just a, a numeral short, and he can't be God, and he can't be God. Six, six, six. Just a little short of seven. God is still God is what I'm trying to say. And he's still on the throne, and he's still in charge, and he's worthy to be worshipped. The devil and all of his tricks. He, he doesn't start people following him then. People are following him now. I followed him. And uh, some of you did. Would you stand with us for prayer tonight? Father, we thank you for the blessings that you bestowed on us this day. Thank you, Father, for this precious word and this book. Lord, as we make our way through uh, these pages, I pray that you'd give us wisdom and understanding. Lord, that you'd help us to see that it is our responsibility, as we heard in Sunday school this morning, warn the world. Lord, this is going to be an awful time. 
times such as the world has never seen. Help us to be faithful, to be good witnesses for the cause of Christ. And Lord, for all that you do, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.